Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIPC. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out. Tony Kennett filling in. And Tony, we have a special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Yeah, we do. Greg Price is a king. There's just no other way to say it. A we, king among men. A king among men. Uh, we used to write together uh, just out of college at this little tiny magazine called The Lone Conservative. And now, dude's doing huge stuff. He's the senior digital strategist over at X Strategies. And uh, there is nothing that this man doesn't know. I go to him <laughs> for all of the video twip, the all of the video clips I play off of Twitter. He's the man that posts them first. I don't know how he's that quick. What's up, Greg? How you guys doing? Geez, Tony, my head's swelling up a bit here. Great to be on, and happy Ash Wednesday to both of you. To you as well. So let's start with Ohio. You've got Donald Trump in Ohio today, passing out water, passing out supplies. Is it a photo op? Maybe. But at least he's there. Pete Buttigieg says that you can't bother him on personal time. Joe Biden's falling upstairs, leaving Ukraine and other countries. What are your thoughts on what you're seeing right now in Ohio, Greg? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can build a bigger contrast between America first and America last than, you know, Donald Trump visiting East Palestine, Ohio, just, you know, just showing up is a big deal when a president or even a former president comes to town. It's a, it's a major deal for all the people who live there. And he came and he, you know, he, he spent tens of thousands of dollars on food and water that was being delivered to the people there today. Um, you know, he's there talking to residents doing and all and all that. And meanwhile, the actual the guy who is the actually the president of the United States uh, went overseas to Ukraine to pledge even more American taxpayer money to fund another endless war on the other side of the planet. And meanwhile, the White House is like slow walking FEMA assistance being delivered to Ohio. So I think, you know, going into this presidential election, you really can't you, you couldn't draw a, a bigger contrast between the priorities of the two candidates. And that's something that really, I don't know, really goads me because at least during President Trump's uh, time in office, uh, he forwent his presidential salary. Uh, he, he always did things that really resonated with the common American, at least regarding money situations. And now here he is, you know, spending his money on the citizens of East Palestine. And uh, he did something that a lot of people said he was going to suck up to the corporations and he was going to, you know, be really nice about this. And yet he came out and he actually delivered a firm backhand slap to Norfolk Southern. Yeah, that's absolutely that's absolutely right. Um, you know, he came out against Nor- obviously Norfolk Southern. They they refused to even show up to the town halls that were happening in East Palestine. And I think that's really important because I think there's still on the political right today, there's still not enough people who have gotten behind the idea that big corporations are not our friends. Right. Um, the Republican Party of the past was obviously the party of, of corporations or the party of business. But that's not really what the Republican Party is anymore. That's not where the country is. We need to understand that, you know, the largest corporations in this country have just as much, if not more, power than the United States government does. And they are hurting our country in immense ways every single day. That's true when it comes to Norfolk Southern. That's true when it comes to Google. It's true when it comes to BlackRock. It's true when it comes to all these things. So I'm glad Donald Trump. I'm glad President Trump came out strong against Norfolk Southern, as we need to do against all of the mega corporations destroying our country. On the other end of the political scale, you have your transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg. Greg, I'm sure you've probably seen the video of him 
out on a date night last night with Chaston, and they're walking through the streets, and a young lady who's a reporter with the Daily Caller comes up and kind of does the TMZ-style, in-your-face camera, asking questions. But Pete Buttigieg made it perfectly clear he was on personal time. Greg, you cover this stuff closer than anybody. Is there such a thing as personal time when there's a crisis going on and you're the guy in charge? Oh, no. Why is a reporter bothering Pete Buttigieg? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But but first of all, shout out to to Jenny. Jenny Thayer, she's my former coworker. I used to work with her at the Daily Caller. She did a really really great job confronting Buttigieg like that. She's the only reporter who will confront Buttigieg like that. Obviously, all of these corporate media outlets are not going to do that, so we have to rely on alternate media like the Daily Caller. And no, there is no such thing as personal time when people of East Palestine, Ohio, are breathing in toxic chemicals every single day. If you're some, if you're the guy who is literally in charge of our country's transportation, and there is a major transportation disaster that has occurred and is literally destroying in a small town, no, there's no, there's, there's no personal time. People are going to ask you about it. And you know, the fact that one day after Jenny filmed this video that goes really viral, the fact that one day later they announced that Buttigieg is finally actually going to go to East Palestine. You know, again, it's these people, they simply do not care. Um, They simply do not care about East Palestine. They don't care about these people. It's a small town that voted. It's a small town in the Midwest that voted for Donald Trump. So why the hell should they? So this is the question that I have, because you're a a strategist who actually spends a lot of time contemplating what is going to have a lot of weight and what isn't going to matter going into a primary and a general election. So East Palestine is one of these situations that I look at in the responses and the lack of response from Biden, the lack of response from Haley. Looking at the primary and then into the general, is this going to be a defense? defining moment that Americans remember and vote based on? Or is this going to be uh, just another run-of-the-mill event that while it's really a a serious thing now, uh, voters really won't take to the ballots with them? I think think in certain states, like especially in more blue-collar areas of the Midwest, I think this is definitely a thing, you know, blue-collar voters will remember, which is the fact, which is the lack of action by the Biden administration after this major disaster. I think, you know, we live in a world of 24 second news cycles these days. So, you know, maybe, you know, stories like this get forgotten fairly quickly. Um, But I, you know, I hope, you know, I obviously hope voters remember this as they go to the, to the ballot box in 2024 and, and and as they should, like, it's an absolute disaster. Um, The fact, and the fact that, Pete Buttigieg still even has a job makes it even more ridiculous. Greg Price joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. He's the senior digital strategist for X Strategies. So in terms of stories that have been kind of swept under the rug, I want to get into what happened with the Air Force and records and Jennifer Ruth Green and her sexual assault being outed by Politico. Because it feels like, Greg, this is a really big story that was in the news cycle maybe for a day. And now you've got Politico, left-leaning Politico with this headline, making it look like there's some big investigation going on, knowing damn well that that weasel, Adam Wren, and the higher-ups at Politico got inside information and they outed someone's sexual assault for the sake of politics. It's disgusting and it's gross, and I'm happy that you're somebody that has a national platform here that actually talks about this. 
Oh, what they did to Jennifer Ruth is absolutely disgusting. And just like full disclosure, I was on her comms team during this election. So I, you know, I was fully out watching this whole thing as it happened. And I can't, you know, I can't remember a time when I've seen more dirty politics than this. And I don't think we'll ever see politics this dirty. You know, you know, it's going to be very hard to pass something like this. And, you know, the Politico wrote that story. What they what they left out of it, curiously, is the fact that when Politico first reported Jennifer Ruth Green's military records back in October um, and revealed the fact that she was sexually assaulted while serving in Iraq, what they what they left out of the story that they wrote the other day is that they completely lied how they obtained her military records. I mean, back in October, Adam Wren and Brad Dayspring, who is the the spokesperson for Politico, claimed that they obtained them through a standard FOIA. And then it, eventually we realized that was a lie. They obtained it through this consulting company that was working with the DCCC. And so basically they, they leaked her military records and the military records of others, but they leaked her records and was forced her to have to confront the fact that she had been sexually assaulted. And the only reason they did it was to smear her as a failed military officer because, you know, having a black female Republican who was pro-life, you, you get that's a threat that that's a threat to the left and that and people like that make their heads explode and so it was absolutely gross politics and what's even worse is the fact that that piece of crap frank mervan won and it sounds like unfortunately greg these pieces of crap got away with it because we talk about it on our show i know you put it out there on twitter but the mainstream media was not interested in this story of an African-American who served her country being outed for sexual assault. I didn't even hear some of the Republicans in the state of Indiana where this took place stepping up to support her all that much. It was really gross that these losers got away with it. Yeah, you know, and if you ask them about it, they'll probably give a similar answer that Harry Reid gave when he was asked about completely lying about Mitt Romney never paying taxes, which his answer was, well, Mitt didn't win, did he? Yeah, it's, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm still mad about it. Like, as, as I said, I worked on her campaign, and I'm, I'm, I have not gotten over the fact that she lost, and I will still be mad about it for a very, very long time. It's literally, it's gross. And, you know, I got to give a shout-out to some of the Republicans in Indiana, such as Jim Banks, who right. fully— fully in support of JRG after this happened. And he was out there, you know, going after the people who did this. But like, just for everybody in the audience, just know that, you know, the left claims, you know, they're, they're here for women. They support women's rights. They support minorities. When a black woman was running against them and was, was a serious threat to taking one single house seat, what, what these people did is, is they came out and then forced her to have to confront how she was sexually assaulted. They went to the Air Force and, and illegally obtained her records. That, that's the extent they were willing to go in order to be here. And that's the extent these people will go in order to gain power. And it's, it's gross. It's absolutely disgusting. And what kind of accountability is there for groups that obtain records illegally like this and disseminate those with a purpose of defaming the character of, uh, of for- former officers who are running for Congress? Well, I, I don't know if you saw, but House Republicans announced that, that, that they're going to be investigating this because, like I, as I said before, it wasn't just her records that were illegally leaked. There were apparently 11 Republican candidates who and and current members who had their who had their private military records leaked like this. Wow! So there is an, there is an investigation that's going to be uh, about this in the House, um, and we'll see what the accountability is. Obviously, we're very black on these investigations at this point. 
but we'll, we'll see where it goes. Greg, one more thing here before we let you go. James O'Keefe out at Project Veritas. He was kind of the face of that franchise. It's very bizarre. They're claiming that there's a lot of expenses tied to him that were over the top, but this was the franchise. And I know you're a sports guy too, so I think you'll understand this. It reminds me of when Jimmy Johnson was the coach of the Cowboys in their dynasty days. There was a practice team guy that fell asleep in a team meeting and Jimmy cut his ass right away. When asked if that were Troy Aikman, what would you have done? He said, I would have got him a pillow. So looking at Project Veritas here, this is the face of the franchise. Did he spend a little much? Sure. But what's going on here? Because it sounds kind of fishy to me. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly fishy, especially with the timing right after they dropped the biggest story that Project Veritas has ever done with that guy from Pfizer. It's incredibly weird. And, you know, even so, so Project Veritas is a nonprofit. So there are certain rules about what money, you know, they're allowed to spend for personal expenses like this and what they're and, and you know, what they aren't because they're a C3 and not a C4. But, you know, they have, you know, the Project Veritas board is kind of implying that he was spending donor money in an illegal way for a nonprofit, but they have not released the evidence showing this. All they've done is release all of these, like, line-by-line items, the fact that he spent a lot of money on Uber black cars, and he spent money on, like, company events and, and all of these other things. And my immediate thought was, if he was spending if he was spending this money illegally, you have to let people know this, but, right. they, but they really didn't. Like, if it's just him spending a lot of money and the board didn't like that, then it's incredibly weird that they would fire him because James O'Keefe is a genius. He's one of the most brilliant people that has ever existed in conservative media, and he has, he has broken some of the biggest stories, you know, ever. Like, the, the amount of risk – with the amount of risk that he has put into it and built Project Veritas from the ground up, it seems incredibly weird that you would fire this guy – that the board would move to get rid of him, you know, over spending too much money on Ubers, it makes absolutely no sense. Right. Like, if he actually did something illegal, show us the evidence that he did that, but they haven't done that yet. Greg Price, Senior Digital Strategist for X Strategies on Twitter, at Greg underscore Price 11. Greg, thanks so much for making the time to chat with us here in Indy, man. Uh, Yeah, great to be on with you. Thanks for having me. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.